0: any question tonight yes uh, how do you recognize the qualities of a Sikh, uh, shiksha guru? Uh, well um, the uh, shiksha guru and the diksha guru first of all as I've mentioned before it's barely worth repeating the uh, the concept of a shiksha guru explicitly rather than implicitly Um, is uh, brought out in the Gaudiya literature. Hmm? I've never seen the term used anywhere else in any Purana or Upanishads or Bhagavad Gita Guru is a Guru. Not a Siksha Guru, Diksha Guru differentiation so forth. So um, it's uh, it's at least in an explicit way, using the term and, and defining it uh, and so forth. It seems to be very much a, a godia development. That is, of course, not to say that implicitly there isn't con- the concept of someone serving in the capacity of giving instructions, guiding one such that it causes the seed of the diksha received from another to flourish. Hmm? That's basically the, the concept, right? So you you have a you have a seed and then you have the watering. So if we want to in this sense um, compare the, the the seed to the imparting of the of the mantra, then the siksha would be the watering. You could also look at siksha prior to the imparting of the mantra as uh, preparing the ground. So it's related or similar to watering afterwards. Um, basically, doing that which will uh, tender to the to the seed, nourish it, help it to flourish. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not something that no, no, nobody ever did that <laughs> prior to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. But the term Siksha guru, I've only seen it in the Gaudiya Vaishnav uh, literature. Commentaries of our um, Goswamis and um, Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is basically Krishnadasa's commentary or narrative on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life and the teachings of the Goswamis um, underlying it. So uh, that's an interesting point in itself. Hmm. Um, And I think that uh, um, the way in which Krishna's Kaviraj explains the term in his very in first chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita is the most, uh, the fullest idea of a Siksha Guru. Hmm? So there could be lesser ideas. I'll get to that. Fullest idea being that the Siksha Guru and the Diksha Guru are one. He says that the Guru the Diksha Guru is the, is the Rupa of Krishna and the Diksha Guru is the Swarupa. Hmm. Um, yeah, the, these terms are not so I mean Rupa means form, Sarupa means nature uh, there's not a lot of difference. Sometimes we use the word Sarupa to talk about the spiritual form of the devotee, the composite of their, the, the, uh, their, their or the, the the personification embodiment of their their love and so forth for Krishna so uh, and he goes on to say that there's no there's no distinction between them in terms of spiritual standing hmm? so they're equally representing the principle of guru but they're the only difference between them is their functions. Hmm? So let's say you have two players on a baseball team. You have the hitter and the pitcher, and they're both equally qualified, Hmm? but their functions are different. Hmm? OK? So they play different positions. Hmm? And this is, of course, an interesting point in that sometimes those whose bhakti is covered by karma in the uh, by way of thinking that adherence to Dharma Shastra is a requirement on the path of bhakti or Neglecting a scriptural mandate from the Varnashram Dharma Shastras will hinder one's bhakti. This is what it means to have uh, your bhakti covered by karma, a term that Rupa Goswami uses when he defines bhakti, jnan karmadi anavritam. It's the marginal characteristics of utam bhakti marginal characteristics here being that it, it, it's not covered by gan not covered by um, karma the 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 what would be the opposite of marginal the I mean I know the sanskrit terms I don't know the english <laughs> tatasta and swarup principle <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. uh, Marginal and principle, let's say. So, um, So the principle is, of course, it's favorable service rendered to Krishna. Hmm? Um, mm. Anukulena Krishna Anushiladam. Hmm. Bhakti Ruttam. This is Uttam Bhakti. So, um, as we were saying the other night, the whole Bhagavad Gita is about leaving the varnashram. Hmm? That's what it's about. Hmm? That's what Bhagavatam is all about. It doesn't mean leaving moral life behind. It means embracing uh, through uh, faith acquired from Sadhu Sangha a, uh, a, a, uh, the Parodharma, the Prodharma, mm? the, the, the fullest expression of the nivritti Marg, mm? Mm. rather than the Purvati Marg, the path of acquisition. Mm? Fullest means beyond sannyas, beyond moksha, beyond uh, beyond Gyan bhakti, right? So we see um, uh, sometimes th- these uh, expressions of this covered bhakti, like this example is there that. Um, sometimes it's said, well, in the Dharma Shastra, for the Dharma Shastra you have all these rules. It's, you know, it's for uh, the, the society. There have to be all kind of rules to run society, how to do this, how to do that, and so on and so forth. And um, So you've got rules for this caste, rules for that group, rules for the women, rules for the men, rules no rules for those who have transcended men and women concept and so on and so forth, right? That's covered there too. Um, So, for example, in in the modern, uh, in our times, some people argue that women can't be gurus or they say well, because of some stricture in in Dharma Shastra that that says something to that effect. It May even directly say it somewhere. Hmm? Of course, what kind of gurus are being talked about, and that all has to be taken into consideration, and so on and so forth. Um, and um, they're not talking about Vaishnav. It's not. It's not. It's not talking about the path of Vaishnavism. It's talking about the path of Varnashram. So. Um, so then they. Then you can find some statements to the contrary and and so they make they make an argument that, okay, women could be a Siksha Guru but not a Diksha Guru. Hmm? Guru but not a Diksha Guru. Once I was sitting with Srivats Goswami, one of the Radramana Goswamis, he's a scholar learned in Harvard. And uh, in in his in, in at the Setting there, and um, he said to me that in uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas, nobody follows Hari Bhakti Vilas more strictly than us, the followers of Gopal Bhatta Goswami. Of course, it's written by Sanatana actually, but uh, Gopal Bhatta was, was involved, no doubt. So, Gopal Bhattu Goswami ke jai. Hari Bhakti Vilas ke jai. He said, nobody follows Hari Bhakti Vilas more closely than our than, than our group. Hmm. Which I kind of chuckled at um, to myself, because it means even you don't follow it completely. For that matter, it should be understood that's, that not everything even in Hari Bhakti Vilas is exclusively for Gaudiya Vaishnavas. It's more broad, hmm, even. So, interesting point. But at any rate... And it's for householders, as the book says it, mm-hmm. at the end, it doesn't apply to, to renunciates. Um, so he said, in Harvard Vilasa, says it says that, that only the householders can be gurus. Hmm. Of course, in the same verse it says that they should be householders and they should be handsome. <laughs> so, you know, what's exactly talking about it? It's a very re- relative way to talk about it, and there's a place for that as well. Um, it says things like, for the Brahmins there should be a Brahman Guru, for Suda there should be a Sudra Guru. And I think Prabhupada cites that in some places, maybe in his Chaitanya Charityamrita Commentary, and he says this is more or less a mundane instruction. It may have its place. It's a relative instruction. You can see that it might have value, or it does have value if if you're from the same culture the same background then same psychology you can easily more readily communicate and certainly there is a need to communicate for communication between the student and the teacher right but it's a relative principle there is a higher principle right a qualified guru so um Anyway, I uh, I cited, but was said, He said that because he was taking Shiksha from Ramananda Roy. And Ramananda Roy was from the varna, and he was from the Brahmin caste. But he said, it, it doesn't matter in case you're wondering. Hmm. I take as my guru anyone, whether they're a Brahmin or Sudra, any other material designation, if they know the truth about Krishna, then I consider them my guru. And he replied, well, that, that that refers to Siksha Guru. Now, you might be able to make a case for that out of the context in that Mahabharata was taking Siksha from Ram, Ram, um, Ramananda, right? whereas that he already received Diksha from Ishvara Puri. So you you could kind of make a case for that. Um, But, you would err in doing so hmm, by way of implicitly um, saying that the Diksha Guru is more spiritually qualified hmm, than the Siksha Guru. In other words, if there's no difference between them except the function, one is giving siksha, the other is giving diksha, hmm? they're both equally spiritually qualified, then one could, who is a siksha guru for you, become a diksha guru for somebody else. What is lacking in that person to do that? Hmm? By the Gaudiya standards, siksha guru and a diksha guru, this is just a, it refers to a function rather than to to a qualification a level of under, of realization so it's just a function hmm? guru is guru hmm? water is water it, it could be you could you could have hot or cold but it's wet in either, either case you can't have well this process has got dry water <laughs> it says wet water hmm? no it's water is water hmm? so if it, so so the so the, so when you make a case that well only uh, the, diksha, the someone is a siksha guru but they can't give diksha uh, w- what would be the reason hmm? the only reason would have to be less than a spiritual reason because they're equally and it's very clearly stated in chaitanya charitamrita represent representatives, representatives of krishna hmm? so what what would be the 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 Rather than a spiritual difference that might mandate, let's say, in some in some instance, that um, someone could only be a 6 group. Well, it might be a cultural or a, a social norm of the time hmm? that uh, is uh, uh, relative. You might go along with it. There, 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 there may be many instances where the Varnashram Dharma and the Vaishnava Dharma go. On parallel lines. But inevitably they they depart. This departure may seem small, but after a long time they go to very different ends, don't they? Varnashram, you're not going to end up cowherding with Krishna by that path. Hmm. Cowherding for Krishna is like kicking cow dust on Varnashram. Mm-hmm. That's Sarvadharman, Prithyaja, Mahamritam, Sharanam Braja, right? Hmm. Bujjapachirama used to say, the word braja here means to go, or, or come, come to me. But it reminded Krishna of bruj, the sound of the word. And when he heard that, then he could no longer speak the Bhagavad Gita. His mind went there, it's over. It's a nice bhava rendering of the verse, if you will. So, so Siksha Guru, and it would seem that, interestingly enough, some people also make a case just like women can't be gurus, only only someone born in a Brahmin family can be a guru. These are all Varnashram considerations. Mm. Um, and I've, I've had per- persons tell me that, Vaishnavas. I recently had a discussion with someone and I I, I cited a verse from the Padma Purana Sat karma tantra Vaishnava one can be expert in all the six uh, qualities of a brahman but if he's not a vaishnava he cannot be a guru but if he from a dog eating family and he's a vaishnava then he can be a guru he said that means sixer guru swami <laughs> I said well There's no, there's there's no, there's no, the term Siksha Guru is not even found in the whole Purana, or any other Purana, or the Mahabharata, or the Upanishads, or the Bhagavad Gita, or anywhere else. You know where it's found? It's found in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. Mm -hmm. And you know why it's found? Because some people, some Gaudiya Vaishnavas, born in Brahmin families, who are initiating gurus, proved to be lacking in some respect, perhaps in knowledge, hmm? cease to become a, a, a fountain of uh, a, a, a nourishing influence. And so, rather than in, in an effort to preserve the, the principle of the Guru, respect for the Guru, the Gaudiya Vaishnavas emphasize this point of a siksha guru. In order to resolve the problem, Rather than leave the guru, except a siksha guru, who's more. For example, Jeeva Goswami was said to be the siksha guru of all the Orissan and and uh, and uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavs in his time. But there were many other gurus hmm, who were initiating, right? Hmm. So, by if there's some problem in relation to the Diksha Guru, this is a, a Gaudiya solution. That that doesn't disrupt the whole thing, right? Just trash the Diksha Guru, the institution. So I have to preserve the institution and and save the situation for the disciple he's not bound to be in a in in, in such a situation, but can take shelter of the Siksha Guru. This is how they um, kind of resolve this issue. This is, so the interesting point, of course, is it, it, they weren't all necessarily Brahmins, but there were some Brahmin-born in Brahmin family gurus who <laughs> who's, who were uh, um, proved to be less than um, uh, fully nourishing, and they were compensated for by people like Narayana Thakur who is not from a Brahmin family. Hmm? Or Das Goswami, hmm? who Krishna Das Kavirash says at the end of Chaitanya Shrachamrita says, he is my guru. Hmm? Hmm. And you find his, his Manjari name repeatedly coming in in the Lila narrative of Guvindalila Amrita. Hmm? Das Goswami is known as, as Tulsi Manjari or sometimes as Rati Manjari. So you find in, in Krishna Das is Guvindalila Amrita, Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. practically, whenever some manjari seva is is brought up, radhi Manjari or the name Tulsi Manjari is employed, along with Kasturi Manjari, which is who is Krishna das own own um, manjari self, and so he so he's projecting himself into the leela, and so following. Radhi Manjari, Kasturi Manjari came, and they delivered the message, and they did this, and they, and so on. Hmm. Rupa, Rupa Manjari is mentioned at times, but to a lesser degree. Hmm. It's interesting. It's an interesting point. Right? At the end of Chaitanya Chetanacharya, he, 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 he repeatedly, of course, shows his offers his respect to, to the Goswamis and and um, um, previous acharyas of his of his time, and so forth, and. But at the end, listing, listing them and praising them, and to my guru, hmm. Raghunath Das. So, so you, you said, uh, yeah. and Raghunath Das was, was from a Kayastha Sudra Varna. And then the people whose bhakti was covered by Varnash, by, 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 by karma, said, therefore he worshipped the Govardhan Shila. He couldn't worship the Shalagram. He had to worship the lower thing to your point of view, he's look. This is exactly the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So, so this is this guy, this happens. Yeah, you, you, you have to understand how. It's, of course, it's lessening considerably in our modern times. But how, what, to what extent uh, the bar uh, was gripped by Varnashram? It was the whole social system. It's just like, you know, hey, we're a democracy. This is how we do things here. You know, and you're saying, you know we should have a monarchy. You know, I mean, how people would like, what the, you know. So, you're stepping on the head, as I sometimes say, of the Varnashram Dharma and the whole caste divisions and 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 we have one group now, one ritual, Namsan Kirtan. And it's superior to Varnashram in practice and in perfection and so on. Hmm. So the so point is, this, this is a big step. This is this is a huge thing. So the case is being made in the Gita if you study it carefully over and over again. Hmm. In the Bhagavatam, it's being made over and over again from the very onset of the Bhagavatam into the all the way through. Hmm. And, and, and the example, the prime example, I said the other night, of the gopis in in Rasa Lila, violating the Varnashram. Hmm. Right. In such a such a blatant blatant fashion, hmm. so if you're paying attention, <laughs> then, then at the end in the eleventh candle you find these verses as well, stepping on the head of Arnashram and so forth. Hmm. So um, it was a big push, hmm? and. Um, And it's, it's hard for, even it was hard for Arjuna. We find Arjuna. it was difficult for him to, how can I forego the Dharma? And what will happen to me if I do? And, and I'm not successful. And I mentioned it the other night from 6th Canto, where he says, well, what if I take to this, what you, this spiritual pursuit that you're talking about, and I'm not successful because it doesn't seem easy you have to control the mind. And then I've foregone the Varnashram. So I'm, I'm nowhere. I'm like a riven cloud, a cloud that just evaporates, what will become of me and Krishna says, no, no, dear one, don't think like that. Come here. Don't think like that. Hmm. Pats him on the head. Hmm. In this, I already told you earlier, you weren't listening. When I first began to speak about yoga, what did I say? Neha <laughs> sti if you really listen carefully, this is the end now, he's saying at the end of the sixth chapter. Hmm. If you really listen carefully, I've been speaking about this from the middle of the second chapter. This was the first thing I said, hmm. I said that this yoga that I'm teaching you about, hmm. which is the means to realize that that nobody dies, there's no killer, hmm. to use the war examples that he's being confronted with and so forth. this, This yoga that I'm talking about it's ultimately and now I'll elaborate on that in just a minute he says. Obviously I'm putting words in his mouth but this is what he's saying. I'll elaborate on this in just a minute. This is the end now of the sixth chapter. The yoga discourse begins in the middle of the second chapter. At the very beginning he says, me teach you about yoga which is now the the means to how to act in such a way that's in relation to the wisdom that I've given you now as opposed to the Dharma wisdom which you um, offered up as a reason not to proceed hmm, in the way in which uh, uh, you're you're called to at the moment hmm? so I told you at the beginning I said on this path even a little bit of progress is nothing there's never never lost. whatever you gain by this, even if you're unsuccessful in the full sense you're, you're, you can't be unsuccessful because what you will gain is permanent. in Varnashram, whatever you gain, Even if you perfect the practice of Varnashram, what you gain will be lost. What a difference. Hmm? See the contrast. If you perfect the Varnashram, you go to heaven, live there for a long time, and come back down. You could even become a Brahma through the Karma Marg of a hundred lifetimes of perfectly executing the Varnashram and Krishna says in the Gita Avramabhuvanaloka Punaravartinag, even in the Brahma Loka coming down not always but it could become bhakta. but but by Varnashram whatever you gain in the Varnashram on the Pravritti Marg you can't keep and even if you only gain a little bit and the bhakti-marg. Hmm. Never any loss. Hmm. When Krishna speaks like this, this is the first thing he says about yoga. He's obviously speaking about bhakti-yoga, which is near-guna. Because that which is near-guna, that will be permanent. Hmm. He's not talking about karma or jnana, hmm, but about bhakti. Even the, resu- the results of karma or, or jnana in and of themselves, don't give us reach into transcendence. With a little help from bhakti, then it's possible. Gyan, yoga, take us to into transcendence. So I told you in the beginning, you Now pay attention, Nehabhikramanashvasti. Now we're at the end of my discourse on yoga. And what I'm really, if you really followed it carefully now, what you'll see is what I'm really talking about is bhakti yoga. There are different kinds of yoga. But I talked about different kinds to to contrast negatively bhakti. they do this and bhakti this. Now I'm going to go into bhakti the next six chapters, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. talk about the object of bhakti, who just happens to be me. He says but there at the towards the end of the sixth chapter, he, of course he says, and bhakti yoga is the best kind of yoga and so on and so forth. Just before that, he says, when, when Arjuna's question is, well, what if I'm not successful? Okay, I told you before, you'd be success, successful. Let me reiterate it for you in another way. If you're not successful, you'll go to heaven. In other words, if you have not completed the path of bhakti or of yoga, you'll go to heaven. Hmm? Which is, you can go to, if you perfect the path of barnashram, and then you'll come back down, start all over again. But in this case, if you go there by, by, by spiritual practice, hmm, even if it's imperfect, you'll go there and you'll come back down and take up yoga again. You have a propensity for that. You will have some scar for that. Hmm, you'll be born in a, fa- a family that facilitates such. Hmm, so there's there's no loss. Or he doesn't say it, but if we find it from mother text or you can go to heaven and if you happen to be there when krishna comes to comes to and manifests prakat then he will come to the prakatlila. be a coward boy there some cowards come from heaven some come from earth some come from Golok along with krishna jiva goswami says both ones from heaven and the earth their sadnes it is so if you go to if you not only can you go to heaven by imperfect practice of, of, of bhakti, let's say, or yoga, hmm? mixed with bhakti as maybe the cape, but, but, but you're different than everybody else there. Hmm? Just like Gopal Kumar, wherever he went, he was different from everybody else there. Didn't quite fit in, but they all liked him. Hmm? They all wanted him to stick around. Nobody wanted him to leave. Hmm? his home, his destiny, Given his 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 his, his, his diksha, hmm. and oh, it was Golok, and and the goes goes to Lila, the coward Lila of Krishna. Hmm. So we're a bit adrift from the point, but uh, but um, but the bhakti should not be covered by karma. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Um. The whole, I was saying, the whole Gita is like trying to make this point, separate Arjuna from Varnashram, Bring in the Bhakti. Bhagavatam is doing the same thing. And it's not easy for persons who are brought up in even a quasi-Varnashram environment of, of today in India. And I say quasi because it's really... Uh, you know, uh, it's it's not the social structure of India, obviously, you know, it's a secular government, has been for the time of, ever since it's been called India, hmm? so since 1942 or something like that, and so um, things have changed, obviously, right? So, um, and this is why Prabhupada used to say things like, well, it's impossible to reestablish a, a Varnashram, kind of a social system here, neither do we have to, so go forward. But it would be nice. But hmm. so, but I've seen that that, that that these ideas are ingrained in people from previous lives and so forth. Where they give emphasis on the varnashram, they, they, they lack the shraddha in bhakti, Shastriya shraddha in bhakti, which is about at the very at the very start forgetting the varnashram. This is, what is the Gita? What is the, the conclusion of the Gita? Sarvadharman paritya jaya. He says, Manmanamamabhava bhakti, become my devotee, think of me, worship me. Hmm? And the next verse is, Sarvadharman paritya jaya On the other side, the positive and the negative. Right? Hmm? It's the same thing. He, the Rupa Goswami's definition of uttam bhakti that I cited earlier. Jyan karmali nabritam manukulena krishnanu bhakti Rutam. It's right there in two verses of the Gita at the end. The sarup lakshan, And the Thastalakshan of bhakti, avutam bhakti. What does he say? He says, man manabhava madbhakto maddhyaji mam namaskaru mam evaśyasi satyam te pratijani priyoshime He says this, which he said also in in at the end of the ninth chapter. Hmm? Now he's repeating practically the exact same words imploring Arjuna that Become my devotee, fix your mind upon me, offer pranams to me, manmana bhava mad bhakto mad dyaji, worship me, Mamnamaskuru, namaskuru. Hmm? pay obeisance to me. He's saying all these things. This is but this is this is anukule na krishna hmm? You understand? This is favorable culture of on, ongoing culture of the of service to Krishna. That is the the swarup lakshan. The principal characteristic of Uttam Bhakti. What is this marginal characteristic? In Rupa Goswami's definition, he says, Anukulena Krishna, Anushilanam, Bhakti A favorable service to to me, to Krishna, or Rupa Goswami saying, to Krishna, hmm? an ongoing culture of actions and emotions, Shilanam. That are favorable and pleasing to Krishna. This is the sarup Lakshan of Uttambhakti. So, what is the Tatastha Lakshan, the marginal characteristic? It's there in the next verse of the Bhagavad Gita, that's what I'm explaining. What's the next verse of the Bhagavad Gita after Manmana in the 18th chapter? Sarvadharman put it come Mahamekam, Sarvadharman. So, he's given the Saroop Lakshan, love me. Hmm. And the test election, Gyan Karmadi, Rupa Goswami says, Anabritam, hmm. forgoing karma and Gyan. Hmm. And the Gita says, Sarvadharman Prithyaja Mamika. Sarbadharman. give up karma. Hmm. Prithyaja means give up karma and Gyan. Hmm. Karma. And then the karma marg within varnashram, and then its reach ultimately towards jnana, hmm? from karma to nishkam karma to to jnana, the to, to, to move to sannyas. Krishna is saying in the Gita, give up karma and give up sannyas too, hmm? and just do bhakti to me. That's what he's saying. Hmm? Sannyas, as it's thought of in in, in varnashram. You see in these two verses of the Gita it's the, the whole definition of Uttambhakti. Hmm. Same definition Rupa Goswami is given. Hmm. Then the Bhagavatam begins. Dharma projita kaitava utra paramo nirma saranam satam. give up the varnashram Dharma projita completely rejecting that kaitava dharma. Hmm. That idea of dharma that that cheats you out of what what you what you what the what the prospect of the atma entails through good association hmm? so the bobdon begins by saying the exact same thing as the gita hmm? that's why I say it's a theological sequel so it's a strong push hmm? and uh, i have seen in my life that it, it's it's hard hmm? Some people are clinging who are... It's not hard for us. We're not we're not from the Varnashram system. So, okay, it makes sense, yeah. But to those who have got some samscar for Varnashram, which is a good samskara, it's an example of piety getting in the way of bhakti. Your piety... I'm sorry, Mahaprabhu said. He's got the key. Every evening in the Pradosh lila he's going to from Sachi's house to shivastak's house and torch lights along the way hmm, for kirtan and the, he holds the key to the gate who will get in hmm. not everybody can get into his kirtan Sri Sangha, his rasa kirtan hmm. in the and prakat lila when when brahman said i should be allowed to get in because i subsist only by drinking milk it's a pretty ahimsa milk, a pure lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mahaprabhu laughs and you think they has just been drinking milk. That's what the qualification is to get into my kirtan. Sorry, the door is closed. You can't get in. Mm-hmm. However pure you are by Varnashram standards, what to speak of that not being a qualification, it may serve as an impediment to understanding this dispensation of bhakti. Hmm. Too pious, too attached to that. Hmm? Too much good karma, good karma, bad karma. Probably would say would say dry stool, wet stool. <laughs> it's all the same. Hmm? Hmm. But you're leaving the moral path. Okay, We're well going to the super moral path, hmm? right? If you do everything, except everything favorable for bhakti, reject everything unfavorable, you live a very morally sound life. So, this idea that, well, if you're in the Bra- only Brahmins can be gurus, only if you're born in a Brahmin family can you be a guru in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is, uh, people have written books like this. They 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 they, they're, they just have no support whatsoever from. From Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And there are so many examples. is not Das Baba is not from a Brahmin family. Narthandastakwas not from a Brahmin family. Bhakti Siddhanta, my Guru Maharaj, from Vishnu Bhaktivedanta Bhakti Prabhupada, not from a Brahmin family. Bhakti not from a Brahmin family. family. Where do you want to, you know, how far you want to go? Shamananda, Pari not from a Brahmin family. So many. Rupan Sthan, ostracized from the the whole Varnashram and uh, Hindu community. Mm. So, So, at any rate, this this principle of the Siksha Guru is something that uh, seems to have been developed in our Sampradaya and as a way to preserve the institution of the Guru in instances where the Guru was less than fully, maybe, spiritually qualified. You have to understand at that time the varnashram system was in place, so Gaudiya Vaishnavism was walking along with it, and departing from it when necessary, when there was conflict between the absolute and the relative. And so they weren't just coming and saying "trash this varnashram." It wasn't like I'm saying <laughs> they weren't. They, were, they weren't saying like that. Because it was in place, it's so it can, you, you know you're going to work with with the system, but you're going to make clear the point, you know. So so we have Baladevjibhusan, for example, he gives this idea of the the parinista, the parinishtha, parinishtha de, de, devotee, the sanishta, parinishta and the nirapeksha. So the sanishta means he has material desires, he's doing some bhakti, but he wants material things. He's he's doing bhakti for them. Hmm? Then there's the parinishta. So he doesn't have that. He wants only Bhakti. Mm -hmm. But typically he or she are married. They're living in the world. And Bhakti has the strength to be effective. They don't have to become yogis and live in the forest like you would in yoga. Or live in the monastery in a mountain, in a cave like a Mm gyani, Because gyana and yoga don't have as much power. Bhakti has greater power so he can remain as a householder and therefore if you're living as a household, you're living with other householders and, and, and they have all these rituals for what you do when the child's born before the child's born when the, when the children get married and all these samskars for within an and religious human life hmm? the whole social religious lifestyle and so forth so the Paranishtha would live within that hmm? but without any faith in it but he's doing it because well this is the way they do it you know okay he's not thinking oh if I don't do this my bhakti will be hurt if I do this my bhakti will be enhanced he or she knows that's not the case but they're setting an example within the varnashram society of a, a, a as as a as a as a as a gaudiya vaishnav hmm? which would say to the varnashramis these gaudis are varnashramis and more Right, and then you have your nearer picture, who means a renunciate, tyagi, hmm. Baba, Sannyasi, he left. He's left. Left the world, the whole social. Scene. Not he, you're not going to find him there. If he's there for a different reason. Right, he's not making babies. Hmm. Um, so, so at the time of. Uh, the, the, the swamis, the architects of the Sampradaya, the whole Varnashram system is, is, in, is in place. So they work within it. Hmm? Therefore Rup, Sanatan, who were ostracized from the from the Hindu community, they weren't giving Diksha. Gopal Bhatta from a pious Paka South Indian Brahmin family, he would give the Diksha. Hmm? Or Pandit, some Pandit, he's also from a Brahmin family. Haridas, Perfect devotee, the namachari, but he wasn't giving diction. At least a social consideration. We think that rupsanathan were not qualified to give initiation. Hmm? So it was a social constraints, you know, for the time. It made sense. As probably just to say, go in like a needle and out like a plow. So we're like coming out like a plow at this point. Hmm? You know, if you stick a needle in, just okay, it's in. And then if it was to expand like a plow inside, and then you pull out, it would make a big hole, right? I don't know where he got that analogy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something from Indian analogy, but anyway. So, um, um, so these this is an important point. But um, aside from all that, hmm, um, we're talking about um, how this concept of a Siksha Guru has been misunderstood at times within the gaudi community. Hmm. To be speaking about a kind of Guru that's not really qualified to give Diksha but can do something, give instruction or something like that. Hmm. It's just so, it's it's not a very well thought out um, understanding. Because what would inspire you to accept Diksha from someone in a word? Siksha. Right. You don't just walk around going, I'm giving Diksha. I'm giving Diksha. Who wants it? Diksha here. Diksha here. Right? You go give Siksha. Hmm? You're giving Siksha. And by the Siksha, someone says, you now, sir, must give me Diksha. Hmm? You become captured by your Siksha and then they insist, now you have to give me Diksha. So the, the guru becomes caught by his own Siksha. Trapped. <laughs> Trapped, yeah. okay. So now I have to now I have to play the role of a, of a, of a, of a guru. Hmm. We're both just devotees, but now I have to play the role. Of a guru. Okay. So, so you have to respect me. And here's the mantra. So so how so the question is how will you identify a Siksha guru, right? Well, there's someone who's first of all it's it, it sometimes it's said that the, that the diksha guru the siksha guru should not differ in her her instructions from the diksha guru right what that means is that if you are to have a Siksha Guru, he or she should be from the same Sampradaya. So you're not going to be initiated in the Gaudiya Sampradaya and get a Siksha Guru from the Ramanuja Sampradaya, for the most part. Hmm. So you will look within your own community of um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and, uh, and how do you find one? Well, you know, how did you how did you find your Diksha Guru in the first place? Because you heard Siksha and the Siksha was compelling. So if you hear compelling Siksha, mm-hmm. and then you, and, and you're and you in a circumstance where you, you you get close enough to that, I mean you could hear Siksha, someone comes through and gives a class and gives a great class and you think, that's great, and, but then you don't have an opportunity to associate with them in the context of a Guru, a disciple type of relationship. Uh, and so. Um, but basically by hearing the Siksha and being inspired. I think. Yeah. I there's a that now we go to a more general idea. We can we can come down a little bit to a more general idea of Siksha Guru. So there's this, this this full idea of the Siksha Guru. Siksha Guru Diksha Guru, equal representatives of the absolute, one is the Saru, one is the roop of Krishna. Hmm? Right? Now we come down to a kind of a we can a lower idea. So let me give you an example of that. In Bhaktisiddhanta saraswati Thakur's mission, after the departure of the Thakur and the breakup of Gaudiya different sannyasis went out on their own and tried to represent the Thakur, like our Guru did, like my Guru did, Pujibhat did, and established mosques, missions, and so forth. And and, um, and they had some camaraderie amongst one another because they were all doing the same thing. Right? It all served together under the Guru Maharaj, they had all seen the breakup of, of such a powerful mission, and that all that went on with that. They had all this in common. They had started their own missions, and so they, you know, they they had such a so much common background and, and whatnot that they they had uh, friendly, for the most part, relationships with one another. Hmm. And so when they had disciples. Hmm, typically a disciple of keshav maharaj would consider Sridhar Maharaj my siksha guru hmm? um Mahadav Maharaj my siksha guru Yajabhar Maharaj is my siksha guru uh, um, uh, uh, swami Marj, my siksha guru this is they were they were god these gurus were all god brothers they they were all um uh, Friends, they had as much in common. Hmm? They would sometimes get together, and then their disciples would get the disciples had relationships with the other disciples of the other guru. And they, so they, in, a, in a general way, hmm? they, in other words, they may have been living in the in in their guru's moth even and. And But they had, a, in a general way, they would accept this my Siksha But they weren't s- serving him, they weren't in a situation like me, for example, at the Prophet's departure, and I came under the guidance of Sridhar Maharaj, as my Siksha Guru. This is more uh, in the way in which we explained it earlier, the full idea of the Siksha Guru. This is a, a more relative idea, hmm? he's my Siksha Guru, yes, I can learn from him, yes I can learn from him. So they had that kind of um, relationship feel it must have been quite nice, huh? You know, commute, commute some community and, and so forth. Um, and then you know you can go a little lower than that. You can find in the Bhagavatam there's a, the story of the the Brahman who had twenty four gurus. Hmm? And he was an Abhidut. So he was living in nature and his guru was the bee, and this bird, and the tree, and, and they all—nature was speaking to him. Hmm? So what he was really saying is that the principle of guru. Now, if you look, if the guru says, "Listen only to me. I'm your guru." Okay, focus here. If you do that properly, in two course when you turn around, you'll see him everywhere. Well, that's my guru speaking. There, my guru is there, in a different, different form, a different shape, hmm? could appear after all he's not the body right so uh, Jiyu Goswami says that these were like a concept of a Siksha guru mm-hmm. the bee the tree but really it's coming from the from the disciple the projection right he's so steeped in the in in the practice and absorbed that now the whole environment is speaking to him everywhere he looks Krishna is the original guru. He's speaking. That's another thing. Now we go. Krishna is the orig- is the real guru. So, th- through different agencies, the gurus manifesting. Hmm. Um, therefore, the Bhagavatam says, yeah, not by one guru alone hmm, will you become perfect. It's a statement like that, in that section of the Bhagavatam. Now you have to. It doesn't mean we have to go find another guru now, because he only got one. No, but it's just making this this point that that the guru is one. What about that? It's Krishna, but appearing in different forms. And and when you get to the point where you're starting to see, oh, uh, my guru is like Prabhupada. He 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 he. Some man told him you should take sannyas if you want to preach and sell books, otherwise people won't listen to you. dressed like that. Then he thought. My guru, Maharsha, I felt my guru Maharsha spoke to me. Bhakti Sadanta told me, "You must take sannyas." I was terrified, but I, I felt he's speaking to me. Hmm. So this is the idea, right? my hmm. hmm. Mahaprabhu said, wherever I can, whoever knows the truth about Krishna, wherever I'm here, hmm, I make I my pranams there." So it's a just like the deity, we have the deity in the temple. People say, well, you know, God's everywhere. Why, why build a temple and spend all that money? You could be feeding poor people. Does God need to eat? People need housing. You are making deity for a house for a statue? And you want me to give you money for that? God's everywhere. And then we say, yeah, God's everywhere, but but you don't realize that. Therefore, you don't act like that. So we got to make it somewhere where you act like that <laughs> and say He's here. Hmm? then you come in and act like God's actually there. If you do that enough, then the universality of the deity will become apparent to you in due course, and then you'll act like wherever you go, but you don't do that now, so therefore you have to come to a temple. God doesn't need a temple. You need a temple. Hmm. It's for you. Hmm. So here you're taking a higher statement, but you don't have Adhikar to realize it. And so that's the problem. So, so simply the, the guru principle is, is a universal principle. Krishna is the original Guru. Mm. So there, there's never a question of, you could frame it like this, so there's never, never a question of leaving the Guru as long as you're always earnestly in pursuit of the same thing that brought you in touch with your Guru. So in other words, let's say you, you meet someone else who's very powerful, compelling, and you think, oh, but... but my guru, I can't leave. I can't really listen to him because I, now you're getting trapped in, in a, in a, komal um, sharda Kanishadikari conception of the guru. What would the guru want? I mean, you know, you're not my property. <laughs> you know, I'm your servant. <laughs> this is what's going on here. I'm doing the service of teaching you. Hmm. I want to see you advance spiritually. If someone can help you, then they're helping me, right? You understand? You're all free. You're all free. (laughs) Isn't that what they're supposed to do? Guru's supposed to set you free. Okay, I'm setting you free. (laughs) So, that help? Mm -hmm. All right. Six Guru, ke Kida, ja. Bodhivashna Guru Paramparaki, ja. Sisi Dajikopalki, ja. Code Penal, Chapel Paturgis, Chaku, Tanam Babling, Vishnu, 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 Vishnu,